You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to Rum Buncher Radio, episode number 45, Trey Yannity, Nick Caparoso, Marty Leap with you as always, as spring training 2021 is underway. we got a lot to talk about tonight, an outfield battle, we're going to talk starting rotation, some bullpen, reevaluate the trades that were made this past offseason, and dive into everything Pirates baseball. A week and a half of spring, of spring training baseball is now in the books. Fans are back in the seats. There's a lot of energy down in Bradenton right now. It's been so exciting to see. And we knew this spring training was going to be an exciting one with everything, all the storylines, so many youngsters coming along. We get to see guys like Gregory Polanco get off the hot starts. Todd Frazier, part of the team now, going crazy with the Pirates so far. Got mic'd up on Thursday afternoon. It was a whole lot of fun. This team has just been fun so far in spring training. What are you guys' initial thoughts and Kind of the idea so far as uh, as the Pirates get a week and a half in. Nick, you want to get us started with this one? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, first and foremost, it's great to have baseball back. You know, I'd wish they get some a uh, little more night games so on TV so we could uh, watch. Although with so many people working at home, I'm sure that's a boost in the ratings compared to previous years. But yeah, I'd like to you know get a little more here on TV. So. Uh, I could catch some of this myself, but, you know, following along the best I can, listening to the radio, of course, and watching on MLB.com. But so far, got to like what we're seeing. I mean, this team looks significantly better compared to last year already. Um, a lot of it is the young talent, like you said, but a lot of it's some of the veterans actually stepping up. And that's something we haven't really seen the last few years. Um, you know, like you said, Polanco, he's gone off to another hot start. Uh, you know, it's one of those, I'm not reading too much into it. The big thing for him is health. If he can stay healthy, I, I believe he has potential in his bat. So, you know, we'll see what happens. 
with him, but you gotta, it's definitely not a bad thing, right? I mean, it's definitely good to see him get off to a good start. And then Frazier for me, uh, Todd Frazier, that is, he's been everything you expected when you signed Todd Frazier. He's been great to talk to for the media, uh, very insightful about things from, you know, just experiences over the last few years um, to when he was back playing here against us, you know, every month with the Reds. So it's been cool to hear him talk about some of his experiences over the years, but obviously him um, hitting the ball with power is something we want to see. And the big thing is, and, you know, just in a week and a half, we've seen it already, his uh, ability to kind of take – some of the players under his, his wing and, um, you know, mentor them a little bit. And that's, that's really what we're looking for out Todd Frazier is power and his veteran presence. And, you know, so far, uh, gotta like what he's, what he's bringing. It's just been a lot of energy. And like you're saying, Nick, there's just been such a great mesh between the veterans in this group and the youngsters. And, We'll continue to see that develop throughout the rest of spring training in the season. You know, you can't read in too deep to the Gregory Polanco situation, but it is a, it is very positive to see him come out, get off to such a hot start. He did have to miss some time this past week. A little bit of confusion there, but uh, he has um, had the birth of his son, so he had to take some time off. He was back in the lineup uh, on Thursday and will be continuing with regular activities, but um, definitely like what you got to see. Marty, what are your thoughts so far in spring training? Um, the biggest takeaway, I think, for me so far, and I saw Dayon Kovakovich of DKM Pittsburgh Sports say this on Twitter a day or two ago. You know, you look at it's spring training, so you're going to take everything with a grain of salt. But if you look at spring training last year when the Pirates went like 3-20 and 20 or whatever it was before COVID shut it down, they couldn't hit, they couldn't field, they couldn't run the bases, they couldn't pitch. I mean, this spring, they're over 500. They look competent. They're playing good defense, and – because of the makeup of spring training this year, you're seeing this from a lot of guys who are going to either be on the opening day roster or guys who you're going to expect to be on the major league roster throughout the season. So I, it's good just to see them playing fundamentally sound baseball for the most part, pitching well, hitting well. Obviously, it's spring training. It doesn't mean anything when you get to the regular season, but it is good to see them looking like a competent baseball team, which is something they did not do in spring training last year. It really has been positive. Um, you know, and we're not looking at the scores, not necessarily looking at the stats, whatever else, but just seeing dudes make strides. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Gregory Polanco is off to a very stu- a very hot start. Our boy Anthony Alford coming out, making uh, some crazy plays, hitting the ball well. Two, this outfield has some names. Tony Stokes Jr. has come along and, uh, you know, provided a lot of depth early on here in spring training. There's going to be guys fighting for spots in this outfield. There's a couple that are that are locked down. And the way that Gregory Polanco is playing, it looks like he will be the starting right fielder in 2021. Um, but your, your thoughts here, Nick, on, on this outfield and kind of how you see it progressing throughout the rest of spring training. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting situation for the Pirates. I think one they didn't necessarily expect to be in. Um, and this is really where... Uh, you know, the National League not having the DH for one year can really affect uh, the Pirates. And, you know, with Polanco, obviously, and his injury concerns and his value being in his bat, it would be great to be able to just DH him. And like you said, you got Anthony Alford tearing it up, obviously, 
uh, Brian Reynolds and left. And then you have a couple different options in right that we'll talk about, but they definitely have a lot of competition there and it's, it's good, healthy competition. These guys are all young, up and coming, motivated, and they all seem to have positive energy. You know, it doesn't seem like anyone's out there trying to necessarily, um, you know, have a bad attitude about if it's their job or not. So you got to like what you're seeing from the, the outfielders as a group, Alfred, obviously off to a huge start, him bouncing back from the injury. Uh, you know, many were wondering how that would go. You see him go out there, make a huge diving catch and left center field. Uh, I think that kind of shows you all you need to know about how his arms feeling. The fact that he was still willing to, you know, track that ball, lay out, you know, and still make the play without any fear. Definitely shows that he's probably in a pretty good place uh, physically. Hope to get him back on here soon so we can ask him that. But, you know, with how he's playing, he's got to be tracking for the potential starting center field job just because also of his age. He's young. He's controlled for multiple years yet. Um, You know, he could be an actual piece for this team, not only now, but the future. And that's where the other interesting guy comes in. It's Dustin Fowler, the guy we picked up from the A's. Now, he hasn't got off to a crazy start this spring, but he's been a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of, you know, being placed on waivers and everything. So, but he had the bases clearing double. He had another base hit. Uh, And again, just a pretty highly athletic prospect who just kind of was blocked in Oakland and, you know, has plus defense left-handed plus power probably potential to at least be an average hit tool if not better so you want to give him an opportunity too and once again a former top 100 prospect without options it's going to be hard to not to keep him on the roster without losing him in waivers or anything like that so which then leads us to Brian Goodwin, who was the minor league deal. Um, you know, many assumed that he was going to be the starting center fielder, but with the emergence of these young guys, you know, it's not as obvious. And that's why I was saying about, you know, the DH situation really coming back to bite the Pirates because Polanka could have slid into there, and then that would have allowed more, way more flexibility in the outfield. But now, not so much. Goodwin looks like you know, the potential fourth outfielder, I think at this point, but I'm not hundred percent sold if he will open with this team or not. Um, I know that sounds a little crazy based off of him hitting 17 home runs last year, but just looking at the roster crunch, looking at the direction the team's going in, looking at the fact that they traded um, for Fowler, even though they had the top, waiver priority but they still traded for him to guarantee they would get him i i doubt they would go and release him after so the outfield situation is very complex right now there's a lot going on like you said that's not even to mention tony stokes who you know for all things considered has had a really nice spring um and you know, hopefully they're able to retain him in some way as well. Cause like you said, he would be a heck of a depth piece. It looks like to have, but all in all, it's a good problem to have. 
the Pirates outfield has quickly, you know, looked like it's stepped up here. People were worried after the last few years of subtracting Kutch and Marte, obviously, but, and I'm not saying any of these guys are going to be that level player, but if one or two of them can work out to be pretty good players, they definitely have the options here. Yeah, I think the outfield battle is going to be the most intriguing thing to watch the rest of the way in spring training and the bullpen because there's a lot of quality options and only so many spots. Um, obviously, Brian Reynolds is going to be in left. Gregory Polanco is going to be in right, at least against right-handed pitching. So I leave center field. You know, you have – first and foremost, we'll get to Jared Oliver. Oliver's had a great spring. Um, he's opened eyes. He has options. He is not going to start the year at the major league team. So, you know, that, that leaves you Anthony Alford, Dustin Fowler, and Brian Goodwin battling for center field and the fourth outfielder. Um, one real big takeaway for me with Dustin Fowler is when the Oakland A's designated him for assignment, had he hit the waiver process, the Pirates would have been first in line to claim him off waivers because they had the worst record in baseball last year. So the fact they felt the need to go out and swing a deal with Oakland to get him before he could, without risking someone else doing that, tells me the Pirates definitely see a role for Fowler on this team. So I definitely think Dustin Fowler's in, and with the way he's hitting the ball, the way he's playing, it's hard to see Anthony Alford not making the opening day roster as well. I mean, Alford today hit a home run. He had a double he wrecked havoc on the bases with his speed, something we saw him do last year at the Pirates when he was healthy. You know, this spring, he's now 5 for 11 with two home runs, a double. He's drawn a walk. He's been awesome in the outfield, made one of the best center field plays you're ever going to see this season in center field today. Um, I think if the season started today, I think both Anthony Alford and Dustin Fowler would be on the opening day roster. Uh you're probably going to face Kyle Hendricks on opening day with the Cubs, so maybe Fowler gets a start as a left-handed hitter. But I expect to see a lot of Anthony Alford and Dustin Fowler earlier this year. I mean, they're two guys that are former top 100 prospects. They're two guys that have a lot of untapped potential. And they're two guys I'm just very excited to see what they can do with an extended look. Um, by the time the podcast is up, my – preview article on the 2021 Pirates will be live on the website. And Dustin Fowler's a guy I picked as my breakout player this year. And I think that could apply to Alfred as well. There are two guys with a lot of potential who have never really gotten a long extended look at the major league level. And we're going to get that from them this year. And it's going to be very exciting to see what they can do. You know, like you're saying, it's about the direction. That's what's the most important thing here. Pick the players that are going to continue, uh, you know, this rebuild. You're going to, are going to further the Pirates, maybe not this season, but moving forward. And there's help on the way too. Travis Swaggerty, Hudson had um, some great outfield prospects in this organization right now. So it's going to be fun to, to see how this shapes out. It is a good problem, um, you know, to have a position battle. And there's a lot of them right now with the Pirates. You know, this middle infield is going to get crazy here as, uh, as it continues. And if there was a DH, I think this problem would be simplified a good bit. Um, one guy that, we see, that we've seen play a little bit of outfield so far this spring, kind of, you know, a little bit of a role change here. We heard that this... Could happen. We saw it a little bit in the minors. O'Neill Cruz, a guy that the Pirates look to have as an everyday player here soon, has played a little bit in the outfield. Do you think that this is a viable role in the future? You know, even at some point this season, do we see Cruz convert full time or, or, you know, is this just something they're trying out right now? Um, no, I think this is actually a direction they would like to go in. You know, we've always been talking about the concept of Cruz and will he be able to stick at shortstop because of his size? 
but not only that, the Pirates don't necessarily need him to stick at shortstop. Just like Polanco, Cruz is going to be a big left-handed hitter with a lot of potential. And his value will lie in his bat. And where he can bring on the defensive side will just be a plus. Now, his athleticism, his speed, it's all above average. Um, but really, he, he has an absolute cannon of an arm. So, you know, thinking about the Pirates outfield situation going forward, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense for him to play outfield. I think center field or left field at PNC Park would suit him best because of his athleticism and his arm. Um, but I can also see the allure of sticking him in the right field, hopefully, you know, keeping him a little more healthy and allowing that arm to really play, um, you know, in every, every ballpark, basically at right field, you want that arm. So there's some options. I think it's a real thing. I, I think we'll see him playing a lot of outfield at the beginning of this season, and that is mainly also just to give him an opportunity to get up to the big leagues quicker. Because like I said, at the end of the day, if he's hitting and hitting for his power potential, um, you know, they won't care where he's playing. Um, I think with Cruz, I mean, a lot of people I feel like have long expected him to move to the outfield, maybe not necessarily center field. A combination of his height and his strong arm with just how much middle infield depth the Pirates have. You know, you have Ishiwan Bay and Lavero Paguero coming up the system of shortstop. Um, you have Kevin Newman, who the Pirates remain high on. I'm not as high on Newman, but he's a guy who hit 312 or whatever it was, rookie in 2019. At shortstop, you're going to give him a look. You know, Cole Tucker's still floating around. So a combination of Newman's physical makeup with what else the Pirates have in shortstop, excuse me, Cruz's physical makeup with what else the Pirates have in shortstop has long led the people believing he moved to the outfield. So I think we might be seeing that happen. Um, I definitely expect Cruz to play some outfield with Altoona this year, with Indianapolis, wherever it is he ends up. And I wouldn't be surprised if whenever he does reach the major league level, he's a guy who could give you a start short, could start in the outfield, could start at first base. You know, with Cruz, it's always going to be the bat. He, he's the prospect he is because of the, the power potential he brings. And you know how it is. If guys hit, they'll find their way in the lineup. Whenever Cruz does get to the majors, if he's hitting the way – you know, a lot of people project him to and the way the Pirates expect him to, they'll, they'll find a way to get him in the lineup. I've traded some pieces out of this rotation in the offseason. It's left some holes, but there's guys that, that are ready to step up. Chad Cool looks like he's going to lead this rotation. JT Brubaker is going to fill in a spot. I want to talk about a guy, Tyler Anderson, shipped in from San Fran this offseason and has looked really good so far in spring training. What are your thoughts on Anderson and, and his progression, how you see his role, um, you know, kind of evolving here in 2021? Yeah, Anderson was someone we targeted um, on, uh, I should say on the website, we wrote about him that the Pirates should target him. And that was just because, you know, a lot of his numbers suggest that he could be a lot better. A lot of his career numbers were from Colorado, which obviously, um, you know, if you know baseball, Colorado pitching numbers are, you can take with a grain of salt typically. So, you know, you, you bring him in, you bring in a lefty, which is something new for the Pirates. We haven't seen them use a ton of lefties under the Neil Huntington era. Back-to-back years now, we've seen Ben Charrington bring in a left-handed starter. Uh, last year, Derek Holland. This year, Tyler Anderson. So you definitely see that he believes there's some value in having that left-handed starter, uh, whether it be on the trade market or just in terms of, you know, your rotation. 
for Tyler Anderson, like you said, he he's looked pretty good so far this spring. You know, he gave up a couple homers there to the Yankees, but you know, who hasn't when you're talking about that, you're talking, you know, that was one of their, I believe I was reading that was like very close to their opening day lineup. So, you know, spring training, not going to read too much into it. Overall, you'd like the stuff so far, you know, he's had control of the zone. His pitches have looked good. So I, I personally, I think I like Tyler Anderson better than um, Stephen Brault in terms of a lefty in this rotation going forward. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that all shakes out by the end of spring training. Yeah. I mean, Anderson Wednesday night, had a little bit of a rough outing this Yankees, but it's the Yankees. It's Giancarlo Stan. It's Aaron Judge. It's Glaber Torres. They're going to do that to you. Um, got into some trouble. And I think it was second or third inning, gave up back-to-back home runs of Stan and Torres. But other than that, he's pitched well this spring. You know, Anderson's a very underrated guy. I've always liked his stuff. He pitched in Coors Field for a long time and struggled. But, you know, I was listening to the radio broadcast when he was pitching Wednesday night, and Joe Block and John Wainer were talking about how he had struggled with the long ball in the past. And like Wainer said, it's Coors Field. Who doesn't struggle with the long ball when your home park's Coors Field? And then you throw in the National League West that you're also facing the Dodgers a bunch of times a year. You throw in, you might make two or three starts at Chase Field in Arizona, which is a great uh, – here's a park as well – that division and his own ballpark were doing him no, 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 no good at all. Um, last year with the Giants, so same division, but not pitching his home games at Coors Field. He's a very good pitcher. You know, he was a quality back end of the rotation starter. I expect Anderson to start the year in the rotation, and I think he could be a, a sneaky good trade piece that the Pirates could be setting with come July. Chad Cool, Tyler Anderson, JT Brubaker, Mitch Keller, looking like the four that will be part of this rotation. Uh, this season, but there's an opening there, potential openings. What do you see them doing with that? Who, who's going to fill in that role? Will it be Steven Brault or somebody else? Or are they going to rock with four? Yeah, I mean, right now it will be Brault, but there's always the potential. You know, we heard early in the offseason of Brault trade rumors. There's always the potential he gets dealt as teams get closer to regular season and injuries stop the pop start to pop up you just never know um if a team comes calling that's looking to replace a starter so brought we know is available and that's why that i wouldn't you know say that's completely out of the question i think the same could be said for adam frazier too uh, you know just in general as we're talking about kind of the log jam in two areas of the back end of the rotation and the middle infield um, looking at the back end, I'm, I'm hoping right now, Will Crows look, has looked strong this spring. Um, as well as JT Brubaker, who we we've mentioned, I, you know, I'm really hoping that they continue to give him opportunities to start. Looked good last year has looked really good so far to this spring. So, yeah, they have some options. Cody Ponce, although I think they would prefer to use him as a long man to start the year. Um, the pitcher I would like to see, though, and unfortunately because of the Pirates roster situation, we probably won't see him to start the year, is the um, pitcher they received in the tie on trade, Miguel Yahure. I, I think he just has really electric stuff. I think he could be, you know, a top three of the rotation 
type arm in this team's future. So I'm really excited and he made his debut last year, but he does have options left. And like I said, with the roster crunch, it might make sense for them to start him in triple a until they're able to kind of figure things out uh, from there. Um, I think right now, if the season started today, you would see Stephen Brault, you would see Mitch Keller, you would see Chad Cole, you would see Tyler Anderson, you'd see JT Brubaker. Um, with the rotation, it's going to be exciting. That's going to be one area that's going to be exciting to watch throughout the year. You know, you have Miguel Yahura, who is the headliner of the Jamison Tyone trade, who has quickly become one of the top 100 to 120-ish prospects in baseball. Um, he's flashing great stuff this spring. Cody Bolden, another uh, pitching prospect that's still highly ranked in the Pirates system, who we will see this year. And even Will Crow, who came over the Josh Bell trade, has been awesome this spring training. Just pitched three scoreless innings today. I think he's up to like seven or eight scoreless innings this spring. And, well, actually, we will um, – I'm sure we'll get into this more in the next podcast. We'll have some things up on the site about it. But uh, scrolling through Twitter here, the Pirates just signed Trevor Cahill to a one-year deal. So you can definitely – and according to Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette, it is a major league deal. So you, you can probably pencil Trevor Cahill in that starting rotation now. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to bring in those veterans like Cahill and like Anderson because if nothing else, they can help your young guys learn a thing or two and potentially be good trade chips come July. Yeah, definitely. Yahoo Ray is a name that got a lot of people excited. Eddie Yeen, Hudson had a lot of the guys that came back in the Tyone and Joe Musgrove trades. It's early. It hasn't been long since those trades went down. But let's talk about it here. Early reactions. Who's winning the trade so far? Um, you know, we'll start with Joe Musgrove and, and the San Diego Padres. Yeah, I mean, you got obviously Musgrove for the Padres. The The big thing we're waiting to see with that is, you know, how will that rotation play out? Where will he exactly be pitching out of? What rotation spot? But for the Pirates, it's been looking like a pretty solid trade so far. You got to like what David Bednard has showed. He's very much showed that not only, you know, when we first got him, I said that, you know, maybe seventh or eighth inning, if he can win the eighth inning job. Uh, but he has quickly shown he deserves that eighth inning job, if not a potential uh, shot at the closing role. Just absolutely power stuff. Guy throws gas. So, you know, really looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. And really, um, you know, a good first piece to start with in the Musgrove trade. Then if we want to flip over to the Yankee trade, Ronzi Contreras, he looked very good in his first debut. Um, You know, it's one of those guys, didn't know if we would get to see him uh, this year or not, but it was exciting for him to get into a spring training game, I'm sure, for him as well. Uh, nasty curveball, you know, looked really good, looked confident, uh, excited to see what he can do. Don't know if he'll stay a starting pitching prospect, uh, not even necessarily because he doesn't have the ability. I think he could be, you know, a decent mid to back end rotation arm, but I think with the pirates, uh, current farm system, he definitely might project to be a very good and effective reliever for them going forward and without too many rotation spots, that might be the path that he ends up going. But for the Yankees, obviously getting tie on back tie ons looked awesome for them. Uh, you got to love to see that no matter what happens with him, he will always be rooted for here in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, he nothing but class when he was here. And since he's left to, you know, that interaction with him and Todd Frazier the other day was 
honestly, it just kind of showed you the respect for Tyon and for the Pirates and everything that they went through. Um, you know, I think, yeah, the Pirates drafted Tyon, and he'll always have a special place in his heart for them because of that. And I'm sure, I'm, you know, I'm sure he he does, and he's made that apparent. But for him to go to the Yankees and get this opportunity after what he's been through, uh, you know, no one deserves it more. Unfortunately, you know, that opportunity wasn't here. But at the same time, what he went through while he was here, um, you know, I'm sure them and the Pirates will always have a, a close relationship. I'm sure they will. I mean, it's, you know, it's sad to see him leave Pittsburgh, but it's been so awesome getting to see him, you know, get his chance in New York, and it'll be fun to to see him pitch in pinstripes this year. Marty, your thoughts on on these deals so far? Yeah, I think you could see with both the Joe Musgrove and Jameson Tyone trade, they being those rare win-win trades. Um, you know, the Padres are, other than the Dodgers, might be the best team in baseball. And a big part of that, that starting rotation, and that was Joe Musgrove. The Yankees, right there with the White Sox, for the best team in the American League. And a big part of that is having James and Tyone to bolster that rotation. You know, if either one of those teams win a World Series and those guys help, they're going to tell you the trade's worth it. But you look at the Pirates and the early returns on some of these guys. Miguel Yahura, David Bednar, Ronzi Contreras. I mean, Mikel Escado might be the best player they got in either of those trades. Hudson Head has extremely high expectations. If Tyone or Musgrove go on and help their clubs win a win a pennant or win a World Series, but the Pirates and the pieces they've got help get the Buccos back to contention, back to the postseason in a couple years, potentially get them World Series contention, I think both sides will tell you they're very happy with what they got in these trades. There's been a lot to like so far about Pittsburgh string training. I don't want to harp on this too much, but if there's one area the Pirates need to target, something they need to improve on, as we continue here through March leading up to opening day, what would that be? What what hasn't gone right so far? That's a great question, Trey. You know, it's obviously as positive and optimistic as we, as you know, have been about the Pirates this spring training. We know what the projections still say, right? We know that they're not probably going to be a very good team this year, but they at least are showing growth. And, you know, I think they're going to be better than people expected. For me, it's the starting pitching still. I mean, as while we talked about them having a lot of different options, um, you know, and potential there, they really are still just missing that guy. And I know they traded away, uh, you know, those guys, obviously, and Tyon and Musgrove. But, you know, in terms of the top pitching prospects, they're a little further down the minor leagues. So we're, we're waiting on them yet. So... You know, right now was the time that Mitch Keller was supposed to step up and take over that, you know, number one spot. And, you know, that that's who I'm looking at, at who needs to improve. He's got off to a relatively slow start in spring training again, which is not against, you know, that's what he traditionally does. He's, he's always struggled early in seasons, uh, especially in spring starts. So, I'm trying not to worry about that much, but for me, the the starting rotation needs Mitch Keller to step up and you know start pitching like the the former top prospect he was. And he did look better on Thursday 
against Baltimore, especially in the second inning when the fastball velocity was ticking up into the high 90s and the curveball, so I'm going to bite to it. But I'm still – people who listen to the podcast, people who read the site, know I am not a believer in Mitch Keller. And I I don't know. I've just – this spring I'm still concerned with what I've seen. Um, entering – Entering play on Thursday, he had already allowed four runs in just three innings of work, gave up another run in the first inning. I mean, I understand last year that Mitch Keller's ERA was 297 or 291, whatever it was. I know it was under three. But if you look at a lot of this, you dig a little bit deeper, look at some of the peripherals. His walk rate was through the roof. His strikeout rate was way down. And his batting average on balls in play was like 107, which is just – that's not sustainable. Um, This is a big year for Keller. That this is there's no way around it. This is a big year for Keller. If he does not start to put it together this year, he's probably never going to put it together with the Pirates as a starting pitcher. And what I've seen in spring training thus far, outside of his second inning of work on Thursday, has not instilled any confidence in me whatsoever that Keller is ever going to reach that potential of that former top twenty, top twenty five prospect in baseball that he was. It's going to be a tough decision, a couple of decisions for this front office to make, but we will uh, keep you guys updated, keep you fully informed on everything going on with Pirates baseball as we continue to creep closer to opening day 2021. That is all the time that we have for this episode of Run Bunter Radio. Until next time, guys, go check us out on social media. It's at Run Bunter. As always, you can find our podcast wherever you listen to them, Apple Music, Spotify, Omni.com slash Run Bunter, and Fansided.com slash Run Bunter as well. For Nick Caparoso and Marty Leap, my name is Trey Yanity. We're going to have an episode coming out early next week, breaking down the Trevor Cahill trade and everything else going on in spring training 2021. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. Let's go Bucks. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.